Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I have another shorty episode for you today. So today's episode is building on last week's where I talked about journaling and how important it is for writers to keep our creative channels clear of the day-to-day junk that clogs up our creativity. So while I told you that's the most important tool that a writer can have in their toolbox, there is another piece to that. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. This piece is all about bringing the joy back to our creative process opening ourselves up through joy and fun to help us access the creative part of ourselves more easily and more frequently. But here's the thing about that. I've never really been considered super fun. (laughs) I mean, I'm just being honest here. I was always kind of a serious kid. I had my nose stuck in a book most of the time. I never really wanted to go to gym class. I would rather just, you know, sit somewhere and read. I was much more attuned to content that had me thinking about something or crying about something or even terrified about something. I wasn't much for mindless comedy. I definitely thought everything had to have some bigger meaning to be important. At my last full-time corporate job, I ran communications. That meant internal comms and external comms. So by default, my team that I managed was always focused on the more serious side of internal comms. So the business strategies, priorities, messaging that was supposed to inspire the troops. But unfortunately for me, a big part of that job was to make sure people were having fun at events and things like that. And I felt this was a job I was supremely unqualified for. My ideas of fun did not really drive with most people's, like the time that you know, I suggested that instead of a happy hour, we all go home and read a book. Nobody really wanted to do that. So I had to hand over the having fun stuff to my team to think up and figure out how to implement. 
I actually told them to not even run the ideas they had past me to just go do it because I was not a good gauge of whether something was fun or not. I didn't think that the things that most people considered were fun were actually fun. So chances were, I, I told them I'd probably hate the idea, not that it meant that their team, that their ideas were bad. It was just my introvert personality more than anything that made me a little afraid of having to make small talk for hours at a time at an event. And that's kind of been the deal for fun in general with me. I'm definitely more oriented to serious. Of course, I've always been serious about my writing and my goals as a writer, but when I was writing more as an outlet in my younger days, I definitely allowed myself to have more fun with it. I let myself explore different things. I tried stuff and abandoned it if it didn't resonate. I tried poetry. I tried writing memoir. I even wrote a soap opera or started to outline a soap opera when I was probably like 11 or 12, and I was really hooked on Days of Our Lives. So I thought, oh, I can, I can do this. So I started creating my own world and my own characters and giving them storylines. I probably wouldn't do that today. I would convince myself that I had no idea how to write a TV show. I would have to go take another class and, you know, the whole idea would just spiral into something really stressful. So when I started getting published for real, of course, I made my writing super serious. I mean, probably from day one, I let all the joy get sucked out of it for myself because I put all this pressure on. I had to be good at it. I had to be more than good, actually. I had to have a plan. I had to be thinking of the next thing. I had to succeed in this way or that way. Man, it's exhausting to be like that. Whether it's this particular affliction or another form of the no funness, many creatives, I think, see the joy of the craft and the art and the process being sucked right out of them because of day-to-day stuff just happening. So how do we fix this? I mean, the answer kind of sounds simple, right? Let's bring more fun and joy back into the process. Sounds easy, but it's one of those things where... It's simple, but not easy, I think, because in practice, what does that look like bringing more fun and more joy back into the process? So this is something I struggle with a lot. And I think other creatives do too, because if you're not careful, having more fun in writing can become another to do item on the list, which makes it even less fun. And man, this can be a vicious circle. So if you've read The Artist's Way, and yes, I am going to go back to The Artist's Way, but please bear with me because this is one of the two foundational practices that Julia Cameron is adamant about. The first being journaling, which we just talked about last week. And this one, which you may be familiar with too, if if you're familiar with her work, but it's the concept of the artist date. So she describes an artist date as a block of time, especially set aside and committed to nurturing your creative consciousness, your inner artist. During an artist date, you can do anything you want, as long as it's something you consider fun, something that brings you joy, and as long as you do it alone. So really, they're regular excursions that you take by yourself to explore and indulge in something that inspires and delights you. So the idea is that by giving yourself permission to have fun and play, you'll be able to unlock your creativity and tap into a deeper well of inspiration. I love artist dates, but, you know, it's one of those things, too, that I have resisted in the past. Um, When I first started doing the artist way, I could sit down and do the workbook exercises all day long. But to go out and give myself permission to have time to have fun? No. I was like, what do you mean I have to do that? I need, I have work to do. 
but you know, over the years I've definitely embraced doing those things for myself, even if it's just a few minutes, once or twice a week. Um, and while I haven't been doing them officially lately, and I'm admitting that to you so I can get back on track, I have been kind of doing them and not realizing that I've been doing them until after. So here are some examples of what they could look like. And these are my examples because you know me, I love coffee. So one of mine is definitely like trying a new coffee shop or going to your favorite coffee shop and trying a new coffee or a new snack that they have. Goat yoga. That would be cool, right? I've always wanted to do goat yoga. I haven't done it yet. It's definitely on my list of an artist date in the future. You could go on a hike somewhere that you've never been. If you're a nature person, you could go walk on the beach. That's another one of mine. You could go try a different beach, you know, in another town that maybe you haven't been to yet. You could browse a bookstore for a while. They're not things that you have to spend money on. That's important to note too, because I know one of the uh, excuses that people give for not, not doing them is, well, I don't have, you know, a lot of money to spare or whatever. You don't need money to go, go on an artist date. You don't have to spend any money at all. So that's one of the ways that we resist doing artist dates. We think it's got to be tied to some kind of financial commitment. It doesn't. So what are some of the other reasons that we resist doing artist dates? Well, for many people, it could be some of the reasons why we resist having fun in general, especially if you're anything like me. It could be related to this idea that writing and creativity have to be serious all the time if you want to get anything done or be taken seriously. Julia Cameron says it's because at our core, blocked creatives fear self-intimacy and dates can seem very intimate. It's an interesting way of looking at it, right? But just like date nights are important with your significant other to keep their relationship alive, artist dates with your creativity are just as important. Nurturing your creativity is the only way to keep it up and running. So artist dates and morning pages are foundations for creative recovery because morning pages acquaint us with what we think and what we think we need, Julia Cameron says, and with artist dates, we begin to hear solutions. So it's this idea that by taking some time for ourselves to do something that could be completely silly or frivolous, something that just makes us giggle at the thought of doing it, it's creating space for us to reach into the recesses of our minds and have more of a well to pull from the next time that we are thinking about our work. It's about freeing up our own inner child to reevaluate the relationship we had with play and fun and being in the moment and using that to fulfill our own creative needs. So here are a few ideas for thinking about an artist date if you want to try it, and I highly recommend that you do. So the first is to get curious. So the first step in planning an artist date is to ask yourself what you're curious about. Is there a new hobby you've been wanting to try, a museum you've always wanted to visit, a park you've never explored? Make a list of some things that spark your curiosity and use that as a starting point for planning your artist date. Then I want you to schedule it in. So once you've decided on your activity, put it in your calendar just like you would any other appointment. If it's not scheduled, it's not real. That's what they say. This will help you prioritize your creative time and make sure that you actually follow through on your plans. And then the next step is to go solo. So I know it can be fun to share your artist date experiences with friends or 
even your dog, the true purpose of these excursions is to give yourself some much needed alone time. So even when you're with your dog, you might think, oh, well, you know, I don't have to talk really if I'm bringing my dog, but you're still, you're focused on something else, right? When I'm with my dogs, I'm always watching them, laughing at them, making sure they're okay. So I'm not really in my own head or, or, you know, thinking about what I'm actually doing. I'm really more focused on them. So even if you're thinking you're going to bring your dog along, resist that urge, just embrace the solitude. And then while you're on your artist date, it's important to stay present, to make a conscious effort to engage in the moment. So put your phone away, stop scrolling Instagram, slow down, and just allow yourself to get fully immersed in the experience. And then finally, after you go on your artist date, reflect and recharge. So take some time to just reflect on the experience you had. What did you learn? How did it make you feel? And use this reflection time to make sure your creative batteries are recharged and start brainstorming new ideas for your writing. Because I can guarantee that you're going to find your inspiration is going to be a lot more available to you after you've had this downtime. So I'd love to challenge you to go on your first artist date if you've never been on one, or if you have and you stopped doing it for some reason to start it up again. I'm going to take the commitment, make the commitment to start it up again myself, like officially and realize that I'm actually doing it. So I'm telling you all this so you can hold me accountable. And I would love to hear about your plans to do them too. And if you're deciding to go on one, don't stop there. Just start scheduling them into your calendar every week to make sure they happen. And I would also encourage you to use your morning pages and journal about why you love your creative work. That's, a, that's another way to really think about the joy that you have for your creativity and your practices. And, you know, there's a reason why you started doing this work. Sometimes we forget why we started doing it in the first place. It's somewhere along the line. It becomes about the deadlines, about the awards, about the royalty checks or the accolades or the potential for what our careers or our lives could look like because of our artistic work. But go back to the first time you picked up your pen and wrote about a character or thought about an idea for a story. What did you love about that? What did that feel like? Was it excitement at the idea of creating something? Was it the pure joy of doing something simply because it felt good in the moment? Was it the thrill of seeing where your imagination was taking you? Was it all of the above? Whatever it was for you, write it down. Really remember what it felt like. Reconnect with it. I think it'll do wonders for your mindset. Because sometimes we just need to remember why we love something. And the conversation doesn't have to stop here. Send me a DM on Instagram. Tell me about your artist date, either your plans for it or your experience with it or your journaling experience. I'd love to hear what's working for people. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to rate and review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in to this shorty, and I'll see you next week.